Welcome to Screen Time Club. This is episode 117 of your fortnightly look at manga. We are recording this on the 20th of November 2022 for release in the 6th of December 2022. Um, Christmas um, is upon us and I actually just had a little shiver when I mentioned that word. So we're trying to kind of get ahead of the times before Santa comes and kidnaps us and puts us to work in the elf mines. Anyway, I am joined by my wonderful Mrs. Claus, Mr. Handy, Andy Hanley. How you doing, Andy? Yeah, I, I was also doing well until we mentioned December, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's apparently that time of year again, which, hey, it'll be great, like, come actual Christmas Day, it's just all the stuff leading up to that that tends to be kind of stressful. Yeah, it's kind of like a rising um, crescendo of tension until you get a load of food in your mouth and then go to sleep for, I don't know, 3pm or whatever. Um, you know, it's it's countdown to, like, roast potato mageddon, at least in my um, estimation. Um, oh man, now I want some roast potatoes. Shit. Um, anyway, this is a fortnight look at manga and roast potatoes. Um, we have a Patreon uh, with more information about that coming in the break. But very importantly, um, to shout out our shout outs tier members, Mr. Rob Jessup, the blue haired cyborg, and Seegers Gert. Uh, on the Patreon bent, um, at the time of your listening to this, we will be. Um, in the new reign of some adjusted Patreon tiers. So please check out the Patreon page for information about that um, so you don't lose access to your fun, fun bonus episodes. Anyway, let's get on with the manga bit. The manga bit is the important bit. Um, do you want to go first or shall I, Andy? Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's go with yours first, I cool. think. Okay, so my pick um, was um, something I've been looking forward to talking about for a while, mostly because of the author attached to it. Um, and it is um, Sheeply Horned Witch Romy. I, there's something about this title which causes my tongue to collapse, frankly. I don't know what it is about it, but so I'm going to mispronounce it about 16 different ways. Apologies. Um, it's by Yuichi Abe. It's published by Seven Seas over here. Um, it's currently ongoing um, and it's basically up to date as it is. It's only one volume out, both here and in japan there's no anime you can get digitally or physically and yeah i've so basically i was drawn to this because of the author's name i have one of this author's works like a series of loosely associated shorts um which i bought out in japan because i fell in love with the art and the cover design couldn't read a word of it but it's fine because there wasn't many words in it hooray um but i really love this author's style when they're sort of vibe if you'll forgive me the use of the word and so Sheeply Horned Witch Romy is about, well, Romy, but in this case, you mostly hear about her as Sawada, um, where she is a high school girl who is on the shortish side, who has grown a pair of slightly sort of squishy um, horns on the side of her head and has become a witch and through some mechanic um, has sent the entire school to sleep as well as everything else. Your main point of view character is Senpai. So we're kind of mirroring Nagatoro hours here where you get the whole like first page of the senpai walking into a classroom and going huh everyone's asleep here as well and everyone's asleep and there's a bunch of like cuddly looking sheep with like cute faces walking around minding their own business and flora is kind of taking over everything and it's you know it's very much like a cutesier fluffier more cuddly zombie apocalypse movie setting where it's like oh nature is returning blah um, and so this sort of slowly introduces you to the two people who are left who are awake, which is um, Sawada, the witch, as mentioned, and also Senpai. 
And basically, you know, straight out the gate, you get Sourdough saying, hey, I woke you up to mess with you because it's always fun to mess with you. And we're going to hang out in the school and we're going to, you know, discuss, you know, how to entertain ourselves in this empty school full of um, people who are falling asleep on the spot. And, you know, what do you do about changes of clothes and food? And hey, what's out there outside the school? Oh, it's monsters. Shit. And where did they come from? Huh. And it kind of develops in there and expands out its sort of range of activities and also slightly changes its ta- its target from just eh, hijinks between this pair and, you know, manic pixie dream witch to, oh, no, I am stuck in here with the demon lord. Maybe. But you can't really hate her. And by the end of this volume, you have a really intense sort of gear shift where the last chapter of this volume is okay previous world state is done we've now entered into a completely new unknown paradigm of what comes next which is quite a strange thing to realize is like hey wait like volume two could be basically a different series um disconnected almost entirely from the first and you wouldn't really need to worry about it um, and so, yeah, I really like this series, mostly because of the art um, and there is something quite fun um, about the series. I will cut it off here and say I was already predisposed to like it because the author, frankly. So I want to hear what Andy thinks about it. So what did you think about um, Cheaply Horned Witch Romy? Yeah, I like the final couple of chapters of this volume, um, but, but, <laughs> but, but boy, did it take some getting there. Like once it starts to kind of talk about the elephant in the room and the wiring under the board of this whole thing and kind of get down to brass tacks of what's actually going on here. <laughs> Andy, and I think what... you used every single phrase on the bingo card there. Yeah, yeah, just just roll it, rolling them all together into one big metaphor. Um, but, like, you know, once you kind of get, you know, really what Sawada's deal is and why all this stuff is going on, like, that stuff is all really interesting. And as you say, like, the end of this volume is kind of intriguing because the entire world that it's set up is just like no that's all gone now basically um so like i'm kind of like in this weird position where i'm sort of in for some more of this but man why why did like the vast majority of this volume have to be so weirdly creepily horny all the time oh yeah (laughs) like it's every chapter has to be like you know about nudity or underwear or something or basically or taking some kind of yeah, having some kind of excuse to be like, oh, I saw, so it is a girl, huh, huh? And it's like, you know, there's so much about these characters that is really interesting. And I really like, you know, the the moments where it moves away from that. Like, there's perhaps the the best kind of part of this volume is where, you know, basically kind of the senpai's like, look, we should go explore outside of this school. And so I was like, well, because it's you asking, I guess. And they have a really good time. You know, they're basically out on a date and it's like really cute and enjoyable. And it really kind of, it really showcases the relationship of those two characters and why they kind of work as a pair. And it has a lot going on there. And I really like that. And I kind of wish it had had more of that in its early chapters and less of the like, oh, I need to wear different underwear and all of that kind of stuff which again like there's some really interesting stuff in there about the general world state of like oh 
well, I only have the clothes that I have. But it could very easily have gone into, you know, a broader sense of like, oh, yeah, I've like taken some of the other students' clothes because, hey, I needed some more. But it's very specific about underwear, though. And it's like, why? Why are we doing this? Um, and I feel like it sometimes kind of undoes what is some genuinely good stuff when you kind of get deeper into that volume. Yeah, that sort of stuff is, um, I mean, on a, on a reread, in my case, it's a case of like, yes, 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 you know, here's the like, you know, senpai bait um, stuff to keep you on the hook while it's kind of laying groundwork for later chapters and also still being kind of cute. But at the same time, it is very much a case of like, oh, we're the only boy and girl left in the world. And of course, as you say, everything kind of like deviates towards being like, cutely horny but also at the same time it's like hey we're together it's just me and you at the end of the world and maybe this girl caused the apocalypse question mark and it's yeah it kind of makes it a bit strange it's like it's almost like it wants to like bend over and whisper in your ear it's like hey hey do you want to shag the harbinger of the apocalypse it's like oh not really i'd also like her to stop talking about how her like farts are powering the magical barriers keeping us alive um which was funny but it's more amusing on a second read through when you've already seen all this stuff and so the initial sort of like what is taken out of it so on a reread it's a lot more bearable which doesn't really help i mean frankly like i mentioned the first page is the one that sets up the fact that senpai is not really that flapped about what's happened and very easily sets up the whole like oh everyone's asleep i'm not check it out and then he's and then sawada rings him and it's like okay you've set up the entire backstory you've set up the entire world state in like four panels but before that is the chapter one sort of like intro panel which is romi seen from the back in a hot spring like thing with like no who's naked in a bath wow you can see her bum and it's like okay yeah you didn't really need that as the very first thing you see upon opening the fucking book thanks um but yeah it's so yeah it's it's very much okay it, i the one thing that does make it nice as you say as it goes along is that um you know when senpai is like hey let's explore and it gets into like senpai doing some drawing and the two of them have nice little moments where they discuss like basically the things they like about each other and why they found sanctuary in each other and how basically the the, the world that was was unbearable for them due to various reasons whether it be like implied bullying outright bullying or just social exhaustion um that stuff is all really nice and kind of like liberatory um and then it as i say it kind of accelerates from there the one thing i will say is that that this in-between chunk of like you know we finished the question of the panties and we haven't yet gotten to like the the crumble down but i would my my one complaint in general is i wish there was more of this series overall like in each dimension like more time in the school more time outside of the school more time even maybe with like dumb magical mechanical stuff just before it gets to the massive state change which is still fascinating and really gripping but is more annoying in the fact that like well volume two ain't coming out for a while shit (laughs) so um but that stuff is fascinating because it does have a very sad tinge thing as you say like romy's like well i'll go outside with you because it's you and then it gets to the point of like yeah well because we left we couldn't you know things have changed now like i didn't want to deny you and keep you all to myself and also like keep you in a cage but this is the result is that now everything is basically broken and you are you it's it's now all you and i've i can give you this gift and this is the one thing i can give for you because like i i have lost control of what i have started um and then of course you get the final page which is the like 
like, oh, pseudo twist. Ah, crap. Here's the new state. Here's the new stakes and the, the parting wish. So yeah, it gets real. It's re- it's also it's a very much a case where you like you could like explain and spoil the ending of the first volume, and someone go like, no, like what? How do you get to there from here? Like they're talking about fucking panties, you idiot. So yeah, and it's it, it it's the the. The kind of weird thing almost about, you know, the, the sort of the world state as is through a lot of this volume is it is kind of feels weirdly throwaway in a lot of ways because like so much of what happens in these early chapters, especially is just thrown away. It's just like ah, something, something magic. It's like, you know, how are we going to get here? I don't know. I'll do a magic thing. Like, How did this world happen? I don't know. Magic. And it's like it's sort of it's almost it. it, it it's kind of an interesting volume in terms of like all the questions you have early on kind of get answered as you go. Like even the relationship between the two characters, it's like, I, I feel like it's a repeated refrain that I have on this podcast of like, explain to me why these two characters actually like each other. And this is a series that does that because it lets you spend the time with them and be like, oh yeah, I can kind of see the rapport here. I can see the kind of shared worldview and experiences that have kind of you know lead them to actually get on okay and it's not just the the initially kind of sold like oh i just like brought you back to make fun of you it's like no okay there's there's clearly more to to it than all of that um and then yeah like likewise the the world that has been created is really just kind of you know a pretty thinly veiled allegory for you know what is going on in at least Sawada's life and kind of to some extent both of their lives and it's like you know once that served its purpose it kind of gets destroyed almost from that perspective as well and it's like okay that's kind of all makes sense yeah for sure it's it does have a certain amount of like no i am like the author is basically saying no i am moving us along now like this thing has served its purpose let's move on you know let's let's carry on let's see more stuff here um complete tangent um but looking at the manga updates page it has the tag um sheep so it's like oh okay that's big enough that you have to put in like in the tags for the series um another reason i really like this as mentioned previously is the artwork like i really adore the sort of artwork the lack of screen tone the deep blacks the chunkiness of it the fact that everyone looks kind of squishy and that everything has like a slightly fleshy look i mean you have these sort of um various plants and different like you have coral and various different plants mostly aquatic looking plants around the school and everywhere else and everything looks like it's kind of dense and like spongy where if you like scraped away you just get like you know even more sort of like goopy stuff inside like everything has this sort of look to it that makes it look voluminous voluminous there we go i'm gonna say that so i really like that view of it and also has fun sound effects like it has a lot of really fun little written in sound effects including my favorite one which i made sure to write down oh here we are um so there's a bit where unfortunately during the aforementioned panties chapter there is a bit where she says oh yeah i just turned some of this sheep wool into panties and the expression it has is bibbidi skibbidi you and it's like you of course spelt e-w-e because sheep and it's like okay that's fun and it has a lot of fun little sort of like little sort of onomatopoeia or not onomatopoeia on purpose like i'm pretty sure there's a few sort of like sink or like strange noises in present um and so yeah it really comes it really makes this sort of world feel a bit more sort of like i don't know it makes it it kind of gives the depth and the sort of um familiarity between the pair of characters um and kind of gives it a bit more life rather than like 
you know, rather than being too boring. I mean, that's kind of the reason I can kind of forgive it some of the more sort of dumb, like, oh, let's take a Braff Senpai sort of shit, because it has something there. Much like Nagatoro, I suppose. Like, the whole point of Nagatoro is that eventually it, you know, graduates into more of a two-step with the characters dancing around each other like idiots and everyone else watching. Except in this case, there's no one watching because they're all asleep. Ray. So, but I do love the artwork, you know, the very thick panel lines, the, you know, the really fun use of um, just just the use of color or lack of color or just texture and everything so i it really i mean if if this author put out an art book i'd be first in line to get it quite frankly so yeah i I mean i I feel like it it kind of works as well as as well as the kind of sponginess you mentioned like it it feels like a dream and it feels like a dream specifically that is sort of teetering on the edge of being a nightmare at any moment as well like it kind of has a vibe to it that's not unsettling directly but like it definitely gives you this feeling like that there is something not quite right here and something just a little bit discomforting that i think you know again it's those those kind of thick lines and the fact that everything feels very dense and like it could just overwhelm you at any moment but never does unless it's actually you know seeking to do something like that yeah, it feels like the atmosphere itself is heavy. Like, it's not just oppressive, mm. but just heavy. I mean, which makes sense because they're pumping out, like, miasma to keep the school safe, which does make everything feel quite thick and sort of oppressive. And then you go out into the outside world and everything looks strange. You know, it looks like, you know, a small town, but with things gone a bit awry. And so it kind of, you know, it never tips into being truly horrific in its, like, designs for, like, there are some monsters at Sharp and they're, they're kind of, unsettling in a uh, kind of way but they're not like you know resident evil style gibbering nonsense that is the sort of thing that makes you jump out of bed so yeah yeah. some some of those creatures almost reminded me of like the um the clickers from the last of us but kind of made slightly cutesy and yes yes a lot a lot more cutesy um and a lot less um you know press x to not die thankfully <laughs> um ugh, yeah also like thank goodness it isn't an audio medium because it doesn't have like the last of us's terrible like noises that the monsters make ugh. <laughs> like oh yeah not a fan of that um but yeah i uh, as i said i don't really have too much more to say about this um quite frankly i mean I, I i could just ramble on about how i really love the artwork and think it's great i you know i i am willing to give the series a lot of passes for the like you know sort of like chastely horny sort of nonsense going on at the start um as i say my main complaint is like man there's you could go deep on this but you know, it has a direction of travel and does at least kind of keep to it. Um, so there's bonus points to be said for that rather than just being like, oh, let's have 50 chapters of them being cutesy around each other. Um, but yeah, I really love this and I hope volume two comes out at least somewhat soonish because I'd really love to see what happens after the big sort of like cut. Um, cause it does, cause it makes it strange. Cause as I said, the last chapter basically recasts the entire, um, first volume as basically an origin story and maybe it will swerve. Maybe it won't. Who knows? But I'm, I'm down for reading more of this. And also I just hope that more of this author's works get brought over. Um, which might be a bit difficult because a lot of them are like random one shots and um, submissions to competitions, etc. And of course, some um, pornography. So that stuff is probably way out of line, but the rest of it I'd like to see. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely kind of curious to see the second volume now. Like, I, I think this is definitely one of those 
if if you can kind of you know if you do find it heavy going in the early chapters and you're willing to stick with it then you know it kind of rewards you and i i do want to see what it does next um at this point i'm also curious how long it intends to run for because it feels like this is something that shouldn't go on for like a million volumes Mm. that like two three volumes should be all you kind of need for this story but i mean again given how sort of how it leaves things here i guess there's also equally quite a lot of scope for it to do whatever the heck it wants so you know who who knows yeah i mean at the very start and for the first few chapters the whole thing does have this it has the feeling of being a one volume one shot almost it's like hey here is a one volume collection of our stories in this school where everyone's asleep and you you know halfway through it starts to mutate and grow an extra pair of legs and you know i think it's mostly after they kind of come back from the first visit to outside the school that it's like okay like this is clearly you know swerved a bit or adjusted course to continue rather than curtail itself um so hopefully that won't be a mistake <laughs> i hope not but yeah I, as i say i if nothing else i adore this for the artwork so i'm happy to keep it even if it starts to get real dumb um yeah. But please don't. But please don't be dumb. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> so yeah. Unless you got, I'm a bit, yeah, that's mostly me. Unless you got anything else you want to mention, Andy? Uh, no, nothing else from me. Cool. So that's been um, sheeply horned uh, witch Romy. Um, trying not to mess up the name. And some more. And now a quick break for well from us. Hello, everybody. Andy here. I just want to interrupt this episode briefly to remind you that Screen Tone Club is supported by our wonderful, beautiful listeners via Patreon. Supporting us on Patreon helps to defer the cost of buying the manga that we read for the show. It keeps the show ad-free, apart from this little bit right here. And it also gives us a much-needed boost to our frankly complicated feelings of self-worth. By supporting us on Patreon, you also get monthly bonus episodes. And additionally to that, if you support us on the $3 and above tier, you'll even get to vote on what series we cover on those bonus episodes. So, to find out more, please head on over to patreon.com slash club. That's patreon.com slash club. Sign up today and you get access to our full back catalogue, which now spans over two years of bonus episodes. Whether you're a subscriber or not, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we now return you to your regular programming. And we're back. So, moving on to our second um, series of this episode. Um, Andy, take us away. I, 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 let's get talking. I want to get talking about this. I think I even messaged you going, ah, when you were reading it. Yeah, so my pick for this episode is Chasing After Aiko Koshiba. Um, it is uh, written by Hazuki Takeoka and uh, illustrated by Fly, uh, which is, I think that's the only way you're actually allowed to say that name is Fly. Super Fly. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is published by Kodansha. Uh, there are four volumes out in Japan currently. We are at three volumes in English, so not too far off. Uh, it is not complete. Uh, available physically and digitally. Um, and so this series starts with it kind of starts at the end you get the feeling of that uh, <laughs> because it basically starts as a, at a kind of a, 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 a reunion of its main characters um or most of its main characters because uh notable by her absence is miss koshiba herself um which leaves Sahoko, who is actually kind of our protagonist here, and uh, a few of her friends kind of, you know, meeting for the first time in quite a while. Um, and uh, yeah, like our titular character is missing. Um, and so we kind of rewind back to high school days. 
And basically, Sahoko, very handily, this uh, this series leans hard on kind of like Instagram, and so it it it's, um, introduces all of its characters basically with a hashtag, which is really quite handy. Uh, so Sahoko, our main character, is hashtag ditzy. Uh, then you have Anna, who is cool. Rico, who is precious, and Aoi is kind of fascinating to to Sahoko because. She's kind of almost the exact opposite of her in a sense. Like, Sohoko is sort of Instagram famous in her school, and she puts a lot of hard work into kind of the upkeep of her appearance. That, you know, she's the cool, popular, beautiful girl who everyone's like, oh, wow, like, look at her perfect life. Isn't she amazing? Uh, whereas Aokoshiba is just like, she just hangs out. She's just kind of naturally cool, naturally popular. People just like her because she's just down to earth and, you know, she just, she is who she is and she doesn't really kind of fuss about it too much. Uh, so Sohoko kind of slightly nefariously decides, well, if I was friends with her, like that would be, that would be great for my Instagram reach. Um, because, you know, like it would be really super. It, it would look really cool if I just hung out with her a bunch. Um, and so she kind of, she kind of goes a little bit detective on the whole thing, like watching from afar as to like who Aoi in- interacts with and so on and so forth is kind of like confused by some of it. It's like, what, why is she, you know, why is she hanging out with the losers who are like, you know, not attractive and don't have the Instagram followers that I have. Um, yeah, there's, the there's, end, one, there's a rather cruel bit when she's like, oh, this one's got 10 pounds too much weight. And it's like, that's nothing. You, what the hell? You suck. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is like kind of like premium kind of shallow stuff there. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, this this series goes from kind of like zero to Yuri at great speed from that because we kind of go from Sohoko kind of having like a chat with Aoi to be like, oh, hey, maybe we should hang out and kind of trying to get a feel for like what her deal is to kissing her. And yeah, a different kind of feel. Yeah. Um, and things kind of go from there, basically. Like Sohoko ends up joining the same club, the Home Economics Club, only to find that Aoi is really there. By the end of this volume, we kind of find out why and we get a little bit of her home life and the two of them sort of start hanging out and being more friendly. But this whole series is weird to me because it feels like... It feels like it was written by aliens who have tried to write a Yuri manga. Because it's like... (laughs) There's... It feels like they've kind of like consumed bits of stuff that has been, I don't know, like broadcast out into space and haven't really gotten to grips with the whole like human relationships and how they happen thing. It's kind of almost the exact opposite of, of Sheeply Horned Witch Romy, where it's like that starts with a like, why do these two characters spend any time together and like each other at all? And then you get to find out. Whereas this, I had the same starting quest of like, why are these two characters interested in each other and the series? kind of really struggles to answer it like you know you have Sohoko's motivations which are like I say pretty pretty kind of shallow but it doesn't really do enough to kind of work anything in beyond that because like she's constantly getting kind of flustered about like Aoi and trying to like find ways to hang out with her but it doesn't do a very good job of joining the dots on why she's feeling that way and then Aoi's character is just kind of there like you know it feels like there's an interesting character in there but we've not really gotten to see anywhere near enough of it for me to be invested in it and I think that's kind of where I come down on this series is like it has two characters who like one I don't like but I find fascinating like as a personality (laughs) and it's like okay I'm here for this being the main character to see 
what happens and how they react with this person who is very different to you but who you kind of aspire to be like what does this do to you does this make you a better person etc etc and then you have a character who is very cool and like very interesting as a character but I've not spent really any time with her and so I just kind of came away just being like I'm not sure that I care that much like you've you've not you've not given me a hook that is kind of dragging me along for the ride here and that feels like the one thing that this kind of series needs uh, I don't know how you ended up feeling at the end of this volume yeah I think I'm a bit more positive than you um in general um the main thing that kind of oh there's I've got like three different tracks that I want to hit but the main one I think is that uh, the one thing about this series I can't even message uh, no I did message you about is basically I want you to jump in and basically like throttle Sahako almost immediately um I mean there's a lot there that make her v- interesting but it also makes her extremely exasperating where you know she is a like high school debut character girl who like you know has like basically everything about about her can be easily um, explained or sort of chalked up to like unending roiling self-hatred or at least self-hatred of herself as she was in junior high and so she you know she talks constantly about how she made an effort to try and glow up for um for high school and kind of makes everything else a slave to her self-hatred and her sort of desire to attain this sort of like unattainable goal which is what i feel kind of attracted to oi aoi um at the start because she is the effortlessly cool like flower on the mountain top to use a rather corny phrase where you know she's athletic but she's not you know she's she's one of the guys but is still like a prince but isn't full-on like you know kashiba from um nozaki-kun you know she's popular with both boys and girls she's effortlessly cool she's effortlessly like tall you know she has all these physical attributes and is also very you know pleasant to be around you know from sahako's point of view she like lowers herself to talk to these dork asses from the home at club and all that sort of thing and then you know and then you know and then of course you have sahako who like you you don't you don't know we don't know anything solid about her junior high time but she is herself like kind of very clearly like getting away from her past when she like thrashes someone at shogi and is like oh you know i shouldn't have done that i've just opened a chink in my armor and so the whole thing feels like Sahako is sat on a very, very big time bomb that she is adding more bits and pieces to because it seems really obvious that everyone around her has a completely sussed out and and are willing and are happy to hang out with her because she is, I suppose, a nice person once you stop once she stops being so fucking mercenary about it. Like the Instagram is very clearly something she does to buoy up her self-worth and her confidence. And so she's like, oh, this picture didn't get enough likes. Blah. And you know, and she has a few people who are like following her Instagram. Like there's a boy who I think is unnamed who kind of shows up once or twice who's like, oh yeah, I love following the gram. And another boy who's his friend is like, oh, why I don't really see what you see in this and you know it's kind of nice to have this sort of weird sort of split chorus in the corner of the audience you know it's almost like you know a pair of different audiences going watching her but i feel like the entire thing basically comes down to her self-hatred and like cinching up of herself and so from the get-go it's like oh no this is totally a yuri story and she is totally into aoi because both she has everything that she does she wants 
or thinks she wants and she sees her as being this ultimate sort of conquest to the point of like basically snogging her at the end of the first chapter and so that kind of worked and made sense um but you know and then you know sahako basically spends a lot of time putting her foot in it or just getting in her own way and the one thing that does and as i'm uh, sorry uh, as a corollary to that is that the story in high school is interesting but then you remember oh wait yeah like this opens and also closes the volume with this sort of mysterious cut back to the high school reunion at third year university and some of the things as you say like there is an element of like an alien wrote this or someone who is very strictly adhering to a bullet point list or a precy wrote this or didn't quite figure out how temporality works because you get scenes at the end of the volume where it skips back ahead to this reunion and their emotional through line is unbroken and it's like okay something's happened in between but the character sahako is still acting the exact same as she was last chapter even though there is this like five-year interregnum that has clearly something happened or you know something has happened here and you can make guesses but it's like this you haven't really got a real sense of time there which does make it it then forecloses and makes kind of trite the backstory which is frankly the more interesting part like I feel like, I don't know, like backseat editing again, but I feel like you could have like moved the um, reunion to the end of the volume as like a stinger of, oh shit, you know. But again, it's all very much a case of like, you know, I feel like there are really good parts and bits and like surprisingly insightful elements in this manga, but it kind of is tied down to this overstructure, which is holding it back and making it kind of like weirdly exhausting to read. I f- Sorry, I went off on one there, Andy, but is, do you agree with any of that? Or um, Yeah, I, I think it's certainly, it is kind of exhausting to read. And again, like, <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I think you're, you're kind of right in terms of, you know, the broad strokes of that relationship. But I, again, I, I feel like the, the speed at which it goes from where it is to the kiss, like I, I legit had to like stop and just flip back and ensure that my like tablet hadn't like skipped a chapter or done something weird because it just felt like it had it had just fast forwarded through a bunch of stuff and it, it just didn't really kind of that should have been a big sort of dramatic moment and it was just more of a light wave that doesn't really add up um no. to like anything that's happened to this point and then i i'm definitely with you also like on i i feel like the end of this volume was very much a kind of like case of like oh well we we need to have some kind of hook for volume two we hit, need to have some kind of cliffhanger effectively and so it sort of injects that in there as a kind of you know dr- dramatic you know first bars of the eastenders closing theme kind of feel of like here we go like something's you know there's something here and again it kind of felt out of left field and didn't really sit with everything that had happened up to this point yeah i feel like the the end of the volume sort of like as you say eastenders theme that is that is the perfect tone and tenor for how this ends especially because i was kind of already bought in like i was really there mostly because you like I feel like I was squeezing this stone pretty hard um, because, like, you start to see, like, one of um, Sahako's friends, like, clearly is a bit upset with what is happening or is ill at ease or has her own particular motives. And as I say, like, it cuts from high school life to the university, like, life with the reunion and the two, the, the relationship both between Aoi and Sahako and also Sahako and this tall friend are like unbroken. It's like, wait, there's, there's a, there's a five year gap here, but the emotional 
through line again i keep coming back to this but it really for me at least it really makes this series bizarre where it kind of undercuts i i'm okay with the kiss on the first chapter mostly because i think that sahako is so far in the closet that she's out the other way and in another closet like she is so far like she's already operating on multiple levels of self-denial and hoodwinking and like making her fake life for herself that his appears to be working okay and is satisfying some part of her but is also driving her bananas and so like i don't know i feel like i feel like that honestly like the kiss kind of works also you know it's the end of chapter one of the yuri series you need to keep someone on the you need to keep these like slathering uni yuri fans on the hook so that you know i can i can i can buy it from both sides of no you need to have a yuri hook and this character is kind of going spare and is the last person to notice any of it so yeah maybe yeah. maybe i'm just giving sahako an awful lot of rope to hang herself with but then again she's doing that well enough on her own quite frankly so yeah yeah for for, for sure and i i think it kind of like maybe on my part it speaks to just a broader problem i had of like a, a lot of the interactions in this series feel a bit forced and a bit stiff and it's like sometimes that makes sense because that's absolutely the intent but sometimes even between sahako and her other friends it kind of it doesn't quite have that natural kind of feel to it and it's a shame because there are points that are really kind of nicely genuine like there's a point where kind of um Sahoka is like trying to figure out like why does Ari not play basketball anymore and she sees her just kind of looking pensive and just like does the whole like voiceovers like that's what you were thinking right now and she's like no like what the heck but like that was a really nice kind of disarmed moment of those two characters you know like Sahoko being a bit of a goofball and you know I just you know kind of leaning into that and that was like one of those moments like genuinely like oh yeah like these two characters you know that that was a really nice little interaction of two people that are kind of on the same wavelength but that there were just not enough of those throughout kind of you know the volume for me to buy into anything in in a broader sense yeah i feel like for every one of those moments that was interesting or the one where you know she's you know sahako's trying to guess at why um Aru doesn't do basketball anymore in, fr- in the actual like sports hall and you know that leads to a complete dead stop and a silence and a uh, you know sort of moment there's another awkward moment which feels like at times this feels like a light novel adaptation taken extremely literally where you know you can almost see the like monitor fade out and then fade in on a new scene and it's like, oh, okay, it's now time for this bullet point scene that you've written down in your outline, which sounds, is, is, which admittedly is quite cruel of me to say. I feel, I feel like I've put that in the most cruel way possible and also the most mean to light novels, but that's how it felt. It felt like, oh, you faded out and faded in on a new scene and that's kind of where we are. Um, so it's like, okay, we've got to hit this, bu- hit this bullet point now and then we've got to hit this. Um, I'm probably still on the hook though to continue um, just on a plot line element. Um I think when it when we when you first recommended this, I was like, "Wait, this is the person who illustrates all those light novels." Ah, so that really <laughs> confused the pants off of me. Um, the artwork I feel is a very much a fe- feast or famine problem, at least for myself. Where at times it feels like the author, the, the the artist gets worn out and is like, "Oh, I've spent far too long drawing this character's luxurious hair constantly," and even the chippified versions are highly detailed and a bit exhausting because like unfortunately the character unfortunately the author whenever the author simplifies the artwork everyone looks a bit the same 
um and so it, you then get entire pages where it's like shit i can't just put a blank page people will laugh at me i know i'll make it a full page screen tone with a single text line in the middle because that's emotionally resonant and oh it shows the darkness in her heart and it's like okay yeah i get it but at the same time it's like man you you have written your you have drawn your hand off making you know sahako especially look pretty with her hair flowing everywhere and everyone's got on fashion on point which makes sense when you've got a character who is basically obsessed with instagram and you know putting things on the gram and you know kind of playing up her best life and so you it looks nice but then at times it it, it feels like it has to go oh hang on i need a break and then you get full page or full panel screen tone or nothing really there and you know weird little interregnums where it's like oh okay we're out of art please wait for it to refill yeah i i I feel like there was enough of the good stuff for me to kind of forgive it those moments oh for sure the character the character designs were really nice and yeah like when it's on point like you know including like the the covers and you know a lot of the bigger kind of spreads it's like yeah this looks kind of really nice the characters all look really good and you know it kind of sells you on them it's, it's also quite good at you know it has its like loser quite unquote characters it's plainer characters who are nicely illustrated because it doesn't go for like the you know the obvious kind of shorthand for like oh you know these are the ugly kids it's like you know they just look a bit more plain than kind of you know the beautiful characters who are sort of the focus and it's like it it, it does a good job of differentiating them but without going for you know going for the jugular basically yeah i think it does a really good job actually of making them look like nice normal people and so so that's what kind of really clued me into the fact that of some of sahako's like rampant hatred or self-hatred where it's like that character's fine like you are you are operating on such a weird nitpicky level that you are tearing people apart like maybe that tall beanpole girl in the home ec club could stand to move her hair out of her eyes but that's kind of it like it's like no they're they're fine like they're fine like and then of course you've got the like the shogi club boy and who has like a cowlick going on which basically makes him look like a pokemon almost um actually that's one thing i might I, the first thing i was actually quite shocked about in this series and i even wrote it down in my notes was like there's boys boys are in this series <laughs> holy shit like this isn't just a series where it's like oh, i don't want to draw boys boys are boring like that so you know i mean I, I you know i rag on it when it occurs but it is quite amusing to be like oh shit there are actually men in this um thank christ and they seem kind yeah. of okay they aren't just like either ultimate background character or like slathering rapist <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and i mean that's that's the thing like there, there are a number of characters here who are kind of incidental to proceedings but they all have enough meat on their bones in terms of character to be like okay you, you get a feel for like who they are and you know what what they're what their deal is and that does kind of lend to the fact that this is sort of you know an actual school full of pupils not just you know a bunch of characters and you know everyone in the background is just a cardboard cutout it's like yeah okay this is this is how you know schools and classes and years work like you have the people you hang out with but like everyone else isn't just like a complete like dead piece of words you know to you and so yeah i I think it 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 makes that work quite well yeah it kind of captures the fact that like you know you aren't doing the same bloody thing every single bloody day like you have people you hang out with as you say but you know people will float around like you know you know if anything towards the end of the volume it is this case where like some of um sahako's friends or the two people she kind of grabbed to hang out with in her own mercenary appraisal are like hey where is she gone like i why 
well, I like hanging out with her. What's going on? And that's actually makes it quite interesting. It's a case of like people are all actually moving. But at the same time, it's not just like us three go home every day. Burp, burp, burp. So, you know, that makes it fun. Um, one thing I, I want to see more of um, Aoi's um, siblings. That's a fun little thing. Like, I, I feel mm. like it's kind of done quite done a, quite a lot um like and like if if anime has taught me anything and anime shouldn't teach you anything but if anime has taught me anything is that japan has a real weird child abandonment problem um <laughs> but hey that makes them grow up mature i suppose i don't know like it's it's still but it is it does lead to fun things like ah you know these siblings all have a good rapport you know it's like it's like the y- yaoi from idol master syndrome of like no the parents aren't dead they're just busy well one of them is but you know it's very much a case of like no they're, they're just getting on with life and you know it's a bit stressful and you gotta go fight housewives for toilet paper um that's one thing actually that whenever it comes up i'm like no that would happen like i have worked in a supermarket and i've had to do discount food before and people will try and take things directly out of your hands um so you know i will never begrudge an anime a scene where people are beating each other up over discounted stuff um yet another way to um sort of uh, yet another indictment of capitalism (laughs) is japanese housewives punching each other to get a 12 pack of toilet roll um but but yeah yeah i think all all of that stuff is is really nice but yeah for for me i mean this is very much one of those like if this ends up on returning champions i'd be interested to hear like what you think about future volumes because like i say the the general premise and the two main characters like i am interested in them it's just the way the the narrative panned out just kind of left me cold in the end in terms of caring but like i'm not totally like against the idea of like oh if it if it really settles down into a good kind of a good vibe and a good cadence and I could read more but as it is I'm just like no I think I'm probably good yeah I'm I might carry on I feel like I feel like at the same time for all this back and forth um and feeling like the defense force of the series is that it could very easily like lose me entirely mostly because as i say at the end of this volume i'm like ah you're kind of misplacing you like you've you've kind of interrupted a really good flow you had and now it just feels weirdly disconnected um the one thing i will say about this is i think i messaged you about it is that finding like well not finding but like finding this for a reasonable price is quite difficult um like it's one of the more expensive margrove bought recently both physically and digitally it's quite on the pricey side um it's by kadansha and it's like it's it's more expensive than most series equivalent it's but also it's the cheapest place you'll find it is on kobo but but volume one is not on kobo i've met i've emailed them and i haven't had a reply yet so we'll see um i'll see if i get a reply before i edit this episode i'll put it in the edit but i it's not on kobo but it's on other stores but those are more like uh, for a digital copy it's like the 10 pound range i eventually found it or eventually i got it on bookwalker for about eight ish um please note that um currency fluctuations may adjust your price you pay and so it's kind of on the pricier end and while it is frankly very pretty um because you know you got fly all over it um who maybe needs to dial it down a wee bit just to save their own arm but it you know that's the one thing that's kind of keeping me off is the fact of like oh this volume one's a bit on the pricey side like i i've been spoiled frankly but at the same time i would definitely not be buying this physically both the fact that it's a physical book i have to find a home for and damn that's expensive so yeah yeah 
yeah this this is maybe one of those hopefully this will be on a sale at some point and then that's the the time to to grab some more of it yeah i mean kadandra kadandra at least at least they do do sales on like seven seas but at the same time it's like well i haven't seen this on sale and it seems to be a big enough ticket item that it's you know i think they and also it's not available on the subscription services uh, you know, a number of Kadam series are on you know subscription services like Azuki, and I thought, ah, oh, maybe it'd be an Azuki. You know, I'll pop, I'll pop a month of that to read it. And no, it's not like at all. So it's not on any of subscription services that you might find that stuff on. So it's you know, it's it's one of these things where I think you know, I think they're trying to get their money's worth out of it, which mm, you know, yeah. I don't you know can't really begrudge them. But at the same time, it's like ah, this is on the pricier side. Like frankly, to be quite base and boring about it, I would not have picked this up if it wasn't on the podcast like flat out mm. uh, yeah yeah for sure whereas i i picked up because it's like oh the front cover looks pretty <laughs> and that was that was my my yeah, judgment the thing with the front cover as i say the thing with the front cover looking pretty is that like oh is this a light novel oh shit it's fly ah it's gonna be a light novel shit oh no, no it's not it's a manga wow so you know <laughs> i'm too used to seeing this this you know that character type on front novel on light novel covers yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, have you got anything else to mention, Andy? No, no, that's it from me. No, but so yeah, I, 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 it'll be on Returning Champions. Like, I'm going to get Volume Two. I can, I can tell you that much, listener. Cool. So moving into what we're talking about next time. So I just bemoaned the fact that Andy might have saddled me with a light novel, and I've decided to um, turn that into a hideous perversion. So I am, I have picked Volume One of the light novel version of Reincarnated as a Sword. At the time of recording, it's on sale right now. It's like half price. Um, so that's at least fortuitous. And you know, I've had enough people mention this to me in the wake of our bonus episode talking about. Um, reborn as a vending machine now i wander the dungeon so people are like hey if you want more inanimate fun and that apple manga isn't that apple light novel isn't out yet so here's one where's a sword and there's a cat girl on the cover what more do you want elliot so reincarnated as a sword volume one andy how about you yeah it feels like we haven't had any sci-fi on this podcast in a hot minute so uh, my pick for the next episode is colorless volume one Ooh, i have not heard about that but sci-fi is certainly welcome so cool so uh moving into close down thank you very much for listening um you can find all of our previous episodes in your podcast feed catcher thing of choice or on our website screentone.club as mentioned in a break we have a patreon patreon.com for just screentone club which helps directly defer the cost of the manga we read um and you know makes us feel warm and fuzzy quite frankly um you can find us on twitter at screentone club i should probably look at signing up to other services in case something bad happens to it but i feel like we've now lived long enough in the twitter's gonna die sort of timeline and frankly by the time this comes out it may have but who knows um my name's elliot page you can find me at elliot page once again on twitter um and andy how about you yeah you can find me on twitter if it's still up at the time of uh, of releasing this um at hannah's 1979 yeah if all else fails and everything's fallen apart just go to screentone.club you'll we'll put links on there there'll be a life raft of some kind yeah we'll make our own social network damn it yeah yeah <laughs> and and we won't name them toots so yeah yeah look, look we have we have a discord so you know you, you can find us on that yeah actually i should pimp that more often shouldn't i yeah it's a discord it's great it, the number of people isn't too high um it's not the most active but i you know there are nice conversations on there so come join us make it rowdy come on um and there aren't five million channels which always scares me <laughs> oh dear 
So, um, from both of us, thank you very much for listening and good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.